1: Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I am being joined on the line right now with Brandy Olson. Brandy is the marketing director at Royal River Casino, and she's going to talk to us about the upcoming Flandreau Rodeo Days. Brandy, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time out of your morning to, to talk to us. So Flandreau Rodeo Days are back for the fourth annual year. And this really truly is the community's rodeo. So first off, tell us about Flandreau Rodeo Days.
2: So Flandreau Rodeo Days is located across from River Casino and Hotel in Flandre. Um It is June 4th and 5th. We did actually in 2018 is when we started. We were voted Best New SCRA Rodeo of the Year. And then in 2019, we were voted Best SCRA Rodeo of the Year by the contestants. So it's come a long ways. It's great.
1: What kind of events usually take place during Flandre Rodeo Days?
2: Yeah, so we have 12 events both days. And that includes bull riding, barrel racing, steer wrestling. We also have junior events. And then there's a whole bunch more.
1: That's awesome. So yes. when, where do these cowboys and cowgirls come from for the, this event?
2: Well, the event is sanctioned. It's sanctioned through the SDRA, so that's the South Dakota Rodeo Association, and the MRA, which is the Minnesota Rodeo Association. So all of our participants come from, like, all over the Midwest.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So why do yes. they come to this event? What really separates Flandreau Rodeo Days from the rest?
2: Um, Most rodeos are just like a one rodeo, so they don't qualify multiple times. They qualify the one time for their finals. Our rodeo is two days, two separate rodeos, so it doubles their chances of qualifying for their finals. Um, Plus, it's convenient because it's two days, two separate rodeos. They can stay at one location and enjoy all the fun activities.
1: So, obviously people like to rodeo because there's competition involved and there has to be somewhat of an end result or prizes. Is there anything on the line for Flandreau Rodeo Days for these competitors?
2: Yes. So the top prize money earners for the season get to qualify for their finals at the end of the rodeo season. Um, During our Flandreau Rodeo Days, we hand out belt buckles for the top averages for both days in each event.
1: Oh wow So what kind of belt buckles Are they big ones Tiny ones
2: (laughs) So they range We have the big ones For all the contestants For the 12 um, events And then we also have Smaller ones for our juniors, and then we have tiny ones for our little mutton-busting people. Oh,
1: well, that's kind of yes. cute. So not only is yes. this event for the competitors, but it's something really for the whole family to enjoy. So tell us all about the family fun that's going to be happening.
2: Yes, this is truly a family event. We start off the day at 11 a.m. with a rodeo slack that includes food and craft vendor booths for everyone to check them out. From 11 to 5, we have a children's activity area that includes inflatables, henna tattoos. And then new this year, we have a petting zoo, which is huge for kids. People want to come, and they want to come see the animals and pet them and whatnot. So that is big. That's new. Um, The kids can also sign up to do mutton busting is where they ride the sheep at 5 p.m. each day. Um, Their parents can go online and do that at flanvierodeodays.com. The rodeo starts at 6 p.m., and the performance starts at 6.30. So another new item this year is the candy toss for the kids during the rodeo intermission. And then at the end of the night for everyone, kids, family, everyone, there's free entertainment, and that includes Hicktown Mafia on June 4th and Camille Ray on June 5th.
1: That's awesome. So with this new pet farmer, are we talking about, like, hundreds of these little animals, or are we talking just, like, a few select
2: um, we, there's a few select, but they are from frogs, lizards, goats, all sorts of animals.
1: Oh, that'd be so awesome for the kids. Now, obviously yes. last year it was different for a lot of people. And despite the pandemic, Flandre Rodeo Days did continue on. Did you do anything differently last year? Like any sort of COVID-19 protocols that were in place?
2: We did. So last year we added more precautions like disposable masks and gloves for guests to use. If they would like. They didn't have to, but if they would like to and they felt safer using them, they sure could. We had hand sanitizers all around the event. We also encouraged social distancing by bringing their own lawn chairs so they could spread out and enjoy the event.
1: So why did you decide to have the Flandre Rodeo Days during the pandemic? We saw it last year, events, concerts canceling left and right. So why go on with it?
2: Right. So with it being an outdoor event, we thought it was a good event to continue for guests and participants to enjoy, especially during a difficult time in their lives and whatnot. So we wanted them to be able to go someplace and do something. And since it was outdoor, we could offer that social distancing so they feel safe. And we offered the the masks and the gloves and whatnot so they felt a little safer. It's just all around for a fun time, good time, something for people to do during a difficult time of their life.
1: What were the reactions to the participants and visitors when they saw that this was still happening?
2: Actually, it was great. We actually had more participants and guests attend than previous years. Um, it was a good, good place for them to come and enjoy their time and get away from um, the thought of the pandemic and being able to have fun and feel safe and
1: um, enjoy their time. And what a way just to have that little escape like what you were saying yes. because everything was so consuming and you just need that space to get out and, and have some other things to, to think about. If you are just listening to us, the marketing director at Royal River Casino, Brandy Olson, is on the line talking about the upcoming Flandreau Rodeo Days happening June 4th and 5th. So, Brandi, what's your favorite part about Flandreau Rodeo Days? I have not been yet, and I'm about to embark on that journey for the first time. So what do you like about it?
2: So honestly, for myself, I like everything about it, from getting it organized to seeing the excitement from the guests and participants. Um, We have more vendors this year than we have previous years, so it's fun to see them all set up, get their booth set up. It's something different in each booth, so that's exciting. The petting zoo being new this year, which is great. We've been trying to get one going for the the whole four years, and this year we finally found one, and so we're excited to have that come new. And um, honestly, it's just truly amazing to see the Flander community, our sponsors and our vendors come together to make this event possible and successful.
1: What about the food? Everybody loves some good food at the <laughs> rodeo. What's your favorite food there?
2: Um, so we've got one that's called Annie's Egg Rolls. She brings egg rolls. We've got um, the Wateka Bowl coming from Sioux Falls and they've got tacos. Um, we've got a wide variety of everything for everyone.
1: You think you can save me an egg roll when I get out there?
2: I absolutely
1: can do that. (laughs) All right, Brandy. Now, if anybody wants more information about Flandre Rodeo Days, where can they go? Remind everybody when, where, and the times.
2: Awesome. They can go to FlandreRodeoDays.com, and they can also purchase their tickets in advance there for $10. Otherwise, at the gate, the day of the events for $15. Children 10 and under are free. So that's exciting, especially with the Children Activity Area. Um, they can check us out on June 4th and 5th across from Royal River Casino and Hotel
1: in Flandreau. All right, awesome. Once again, Brandi Olson, the Marketing Director with Royal River Casino, talking about the Flandreau Rodeo Days happening June 4th and 5th. So great to be talking about live events coming, up, coming back, including this one right here. So, Brandi, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: I'm being joined over the phone line right now by Dr. Wilde. He is with Sanford Health. Hey, doctor, good morning.
0: Good morning, Christy.
1: Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Now, before we get into today's topic, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your area of expertise?
0: So I'm an internal medicine physician. I still do some shifts as a hospitalist here at Sanford USD Medical Center. Um, I'm also the medical officer, so I'm responsible really for the overall medical, so really the, the care of patients. I work very closely with our nursing executive uh, to just uh, really oversee patient care here at uh, Sanford, not only in the hospital, but uh, clinics as well.
1: How long have you been practicing with Sanford?
0: I started practice with Sanford in 2001.
1: Okay, so it's been, a, what, 21 years now?
0: Uh, 20 years, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a huge milestone for you.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a great journey, uh, great, great organization.
1: How have you been involved with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic? Any research, patients?
0: Um, really, uh, my role has, has been very diverse. It's been uh, not only direct patient care of COVID and non-COVID patients, but also um, working very closely with the Sioux Falls leadership team, Uh, The team that oversees all of Sanford, in addition to city leadership and uh, leading, helping to lead the uh, response to the pandemic, uh, making sure that we're here for patients, uh, regardless of where they come from and need and uh, have really been uh, part of that team, a great team uh, and several teams that I've worked with uh, in leading the pandemic response.
1: Now, Dr. Wilde, the reason why we have you on this program today is to talk about COVID 19, particularly the vaccines. But before that, from a healthcare perspective, how has the virus affected the hospitals around the Sioux Empire?
0: It's been uh, a, a significant impact. Um, none of us lived through the 1918 pandemic, which was uh, most would, would agree that. Was the last uh, significant pandemic to uh, to affect the world, mm-hmm. and so we, you know, certainly took lessons learned from uh, smaller outbreaks uh, through perpetual, or I should say, constant uh, drills that we do regardless of the event, whether it's tor- tornado or uh, casualty event of some sort. We're always preparing for surges and outbreaks. And that training has served us incredibly well. But at the same time, there's been a lot of unknowns. And uh, this virus obviously can be very impactful, but it also can be very uh, benign to, to certain populations. And so it's been it's been kind of a struggle to, to try to predict what, what's going to happen, where this is going to go. But we've really, I think, tried to prepare for the the worst case scenario so that way we assure that we can provide the care needed Um, and it's been quite a journey over the last 14 to 15 months.
1: How have the doctors been handling this pandemic? A step further into that, how have you been doing?
0: Yeah, it's uh, the physicians that I help lead have been um, really valued members of a team and I think that's what we've really been emphasizing, and that's what a lot of people, a lot of us around here really value is the teams that we work with. I, I provide a, an area of that team, um, as does nursing, pharmacy, environmental services, uh, supply chain, uh, laundry, name your area. We, we're all in this together, and uh, that's we've all learned that, and thank goodness for that, because we've really had to support each other and we've had tremendous uh, support from the community the region there's just been a tremendous outpouring that's so appreciated so we feel we feel like we've been through a lot uh, we feel that there's always opportunity to improve but we feel very appreciated and Turn that appreciation around to the community that we serve because uh, we're all in this together, and uh, that's that's how I feel as well. It's it's been a long journey. Uh, I'm looking forward to the vaccine, you know, continuing to take us uh, closer and closer to the end of this journey. Um, but it's it's been a, a heck of a several months here.
1: What's something from the pandemic that has shocked medical prof- professionals? In other words, we only see a little. Part of it, where you guys are in the forefront of this.
0: I one of the things that's uh, been been the most shocking is when you we you know how a virus can affect a, a body, mm-hmm. and we see that with influenza, with RSV, but to really have something that just over and over again can take. A population that maybe has some vulnerability with some underlying medical conditions, and just really play out over and over again uh, how impactful a virus can be, whether it's your lungs or your blood vessels or you know just things like that, and how powerful uh, the the world around us can be and in, in the form of a virus. Um, when you see that a lot, uh, you're, you're just really reminded of, uh, you know, how vulnerable we are in the world, and uh, we are, you know, but living creatures in a living world, and uh, that's that's been very powerful to see. And uh, just the uh, the humanity, the outpouring of humanity when you have patients that are really quite ill and alone, and how... Those around them have become so supportive in their family and their loved ones. Uh, While they can't visit, they've been able to connect, and thank goodness for technology. But at the same time, how the, the bedside caregivers just really take that role and how powerful that's been.
1: If you are just joining us, I'm being joined by Dr. Wilde of Sanford Health. He is over the phone line talking about the COVID-19 pandemic along with these vaccines. And obviously we know more about this pandemic than what we did a year ago. This includes more information about those vaccines. Heck, we didn't even know if the vaccines would be ready so quickly, but within the year, it's just unbelievable in itself. So let's talk about those vaccines. There are three main ones. It's Pfizer, Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson. So go through those really quickly, each of the vaccines.
0: Sure. Um, So I I think just a a tremendous success story and uh, such an appreciation to the science that went into the rapid and safe development of, frankly, one of the most effective vaccines we have in general across all spectrums of illness that we work with. Uh, And to to get those going and, and rolled out, Uh, in in less than a year, frankly, is is just amazing. I think of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines as being very similar. The Pfizer vaccine can be given in in people down to the age of 12. Uh, They really use the same technology. Uh, They're given in a two dose series. Initially, they needed kind of ultra cold storage. And now as of today, that's actually backed off a little bit. And that makes it really a lot easier for us to get it out there, Johnson and Johnson or Janssen—they're mm-hmm. uh, all the those, those names are all applied to the one vaccine. Is a one-shot vaccine. It's a little less effective at preventing a COVID infection, but it's equally effective uh, effective in terms of preventing hospitalization. So all three vaccines are home runs in the medical community. Of, Community's opinion, and uh, really, as I've said over and over again, if I had to choose one, I would probably just say, "Surprise me." I, I really don't care; they're all really good.
1: Now, you already mentioned this: the J and J vaccine is the only one that does require you to receive one shot, and why is that?
0: It's a it's a different science behind it. Um, the or excuse me, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are. Uh, mRNA vaccines. mRNA is is something that every cell uses, and it's it's a fragile little uh, genetic material, and as soon as you inject it, it goes away really quickly, and so you tend to need two vaccines or inoculations of that to get a proper immune response, whereas the uh, J&J vaccine is a different technology. It has a better delivery of some genetic material to your body. And so it generates a better immune response with just one dose as opposed to the two doses uh, with the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines.
1: What's a common myth that has surrounded these vaccines?
0: Um, A couple of them. Number one, I'd say the most common is uh, that they were rushed to the market and Therefore, their, their shortcuts were taken and they were not tested properly. Um, and I, I would say that uh, that's not correct. The only thing that was really rushed was the methodology for the approval, meaning getting folks together rapidly, moving this thing to the top as a priority to get it on the list to be considered for approval, and then the manufacturer. We, we do not spend the resources manufacturing something if it hasn't been approved yet. That, did, that absolutely occurred with these, uh, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, all the vaccines, they were uh, being generated as they were being considered for approval. The studies, the number of people studied, uh, the safety information is all really quite typical of any other product that comes to market. I'd say the other myth uh, that we see is is concern around fertility and pregnancy and that now I I can say, I very confidently say has been disproven.
1: That is great to hear that there are more myths that do surround this vaccine and some questions too. We'll get to those later. But right now here in South Dakota, who is eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine?
0: Uh, Really anyone over the age of 12. Um, So if you're you know, resident of South Dakota and you're over the age of 12. There's really no, uh, there's there's a few people that maybe should have a conversation with their physician if they're considering. And that would be an allergy to components of the virus or excuse me, the vaccine themselves. Uh, Otherwise, would encourage anyone over the age of uh, 12 and over to get vaccinated.
1: Rough estimate of how many people in the state already received their first dose or who's completed it
0: um there's a difference there uh but rough uh estimate i I looked yesterday at the department of health website which is a great source of information south dakota department of health Uh, i think we're at uh, 56 percent that have received i believe it's at least one dose and that's uh, i think in excess of 350 thousand south dakotans
1: as a whole how is the state doing on vaccinations
0: um i would say it you know, when it came out, it, it went exactly as I ex- expected. Being a native South Dakotan, being around South Dakota, uh, you just you just knew. People are smart. They're mm-hmm. engaged. Uh, they're, they're really caring about those around them. There, there was going to be a big uptake, and there was. We, we led the nation, or were top you know, five in the nation in terms of getting doses out there for quite some time. But then eventually, you know, our, our lower population is going to catch up with us. And so we're going to drop down a little bit, but we continue to give a lot of vaccines. So it's, it's been, uh, the rollout has gone as expected. I, the team I work with, I, I, I have to give tremendous compliment to that they really just worked hard to make sure that we were very efficient and respectful of people's time. And we continue to do that. So that if you want to get vaccinated, we're going to respect that and get that into you as efficiently and safely as possible.
1: Dr. Wilde of Sanford Health, he is joining me over the phone right now. So I I have to say this. I did reach out to the public to see if they had any questions or concerns on their mind, because there are still some uneasy feelings and questions surrounding these vaccines. One of them is regarding the booster vaccines. This question says, when will they be necessary and how long will we have to wait to receive them is it going to be like the once a year flu shot or as long as we show herd immunity
0: um very common question great question quick answer is we don't know yet and i i personally don't like that answer so i think it's fair to maybe expand on that a little bit and just let people know what i'm thinking um I think at some point, one of two things is going to happen. We're either going to need a booster to the vaccine that we've been given, or we're going to get another vaccine with improved technology that's going to give us lasting immunity. Um, I kind of favor the later scenario. That's just Mike's opinion. Um, And the reason I do is just because that's been our history in uh, vaccinations throughout throughout our uh, history. Uh, if you go to the polio vaccine, for instance, that started off, you know, in, in one form. It has uh, technology comes out that's uh, gone on to be a different form. The shingles vaccine is another one. A, a more much more effective vaccine comes out. And uh, so people are getting revaccinated against shingles. I anticipate that's going to be what happens with COVID. Stay tuned. I, I'm also going to offer an opinion that I don't think it's going to be an annual booster. Um, I think it might be you know, more so every couple of years, if needed at all. And the one thing I've learned, so I'd ask people to give me a little grace with COVID is anytime I have an opinion, it typically gets disproven the next day. So that's what I know or what I feel uh, or my opinion as of today.
1: This one is an interesting question, too. It's actually a scenario. So this person has never been sick, but she did receive the second dose of the vaccine. She said she had a fever, chills, aches, nausea. So her question is, if you do have a reaction to the second shot, is that an indication that you've already had the virus or not?
0: Yeah, good question. I had the exact same reaction myself. Um, And I... You fully expect that. Uh, What that is, is just simply your body mounting an immune response, and we all do it differently. Uh, A lot of times people think that when I get a virus that it causes, you know, runny nose, sore throat, cough, aches, chills. Those aches and chills are actually your immune system fighting that virus, and so whenever you have a product like an mRNA that comes into your body, you're gonna generate an immune response and you're gonna get, you you very well may get a reaction like that. So this person and I must be kind of immunologically the same. Uh, And a lot of people have had that. We tend to think you know, that maybe that is a sign that either you've had the virus before or you generated a good immune response, but the data really doesn't support that. It's just, I, I look at it as simply your, your body reacted to the vaccine just like it should, and some people get it worse than others. And I always say if I had to get it again versus getting COVID, I would absolutely get the vaccine again.
1: And then this is one more question from the public. Should anyone be concerned about the J&J vaccine after the FDA and CDC recommended a pause for distributing this vaccine?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. My take on that is the blood clots that were seen with that vaccine do occur outside of the vaccine in about 2 to 15 people out of a million per year. Mm. And this vaccine was stopped. It might have been actually 12 cases out of 7 million people. And really the question, and it's still the question, is, is it the vaccine or is it just occurring and I think that's why the ACIP said, let's get this vaccine back out and watch it some more. So I think there's going to be more to come. And I, I have no issue with that vaccine as it's currently uh, out in the public and being used. I, I really encourage that.
1: Now, just to wrap this up, doctor, all in all, it's a blunt question. But why should someone get the vaccine?
0: Pick your reasons. I think the reasons are several. Um, number one, it's it's safe and effective. It's available. Ninety-four percent of physicians at Sanford have received the vaccine. We're the ones who theoretically should know the most and uh, endorse it by ninety-four percent of us lining up. If your concern is around variants that we see across the world, the best way to stop variants, you know, I I don't plan on flying to India and fighting this virus. However, I can fight it at home by getting vaccinated because if that virus is not in me replicating, it's not going to be varying. So that's another good reason to get the vaccine. The next reason is your loved ones around you. All of us have vulnerable people in our lives that we really value and they can get really ill and you don't know when or how or who you've been exposed to. And the vaccine Stops that transmission to those vulnerable loved ones who themselves may have been vaccinated, but at the same time, they're at risk for significant COVID illness. The next thing is your neighbor that you don't know. We, thanks to modern technology and medicine, we walk around after having transplants, after with cancer chemotherapy treated for uh, illnesses like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis or rheumatoid arthritis and are on medications that alter our immune system, you don't know who those people are because they function really quite well in society. And, and you could be someone that passes this infection onto them. And that's another good reason. And then, you know, just getting back to normal life, which the CDC has endorsed here in the last couple of weeks. And that is a good thing. How many of us you know at, at this time last year would have just absolutely loved to go out to eat or go to a concert or, oh, anything, I hear or you. just gather and uh, this is a great way to be able to do that so really a lot of reasons i think for people to consider getting vaccinated and the last thing i'd say is if you're young healthy or you don't or you've had covid and don't feel that you should be vaccinated the vaccine provides better immunity than the natural infection And also for the reasons I just laid out, if you're young and healthy, great, keep doing that. But please consider getting vaccinated because there's those around you that are not and really are counting on you to help stop the pandemic.
1: All right, Dr. Wilde of Sanford Health, thanks for joining us this morning.
0: Have a great day. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.